Wouldn't it be great if there were a pocket-sized guide that could help you sleep, focus, act, or be better? Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. I know because it's definitely helped me too. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the only meditation app advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace can really help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has three-minute SOS meditations for you. Need some help falling asleep? They can help you with wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has stuff that you could do with your kids too. And their approach to mindfulness can help you reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. Like I said, I use Headspace as well. I used to use it back in the day, then I got off of it for a while to use another tool. But then, honestly, I came back to it, and it's even better. The voicing, the meditation, it definitely, even just with five minutes a day, it really changes everything for me. It's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Incredible. So you deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash SPI. That's headspace.com slash SPI for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash SPI today. This is the Smart Passive Income Podcast with Pat Flynn, session number 278. Let's get down to business. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he's deathly afraid of haunted hotel attractions, Pat Flynn. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me today in this special session of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. I'm really thankful you're here, and I'm also very thankful that today's guest spent a little bit of time out of her day not too long ago to share some amazing information that's going to help you build your email list, and not just build it uh, to a larger number, but build it to a larger number with quality targeted leads and subscribers and readers, viewers, listeners, and whatever you want. This is one of the best episodes that you will hear because of our special guest, and that is Amy Porterfield. Amy Porterfield, every time I speak to her or I listen to her speak on stage or I listen to her podcast, the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast, I pull away so much information. Actually, Amy's show is one of the only ones that I listen to now because it's very relevant to what I'm doing. But not only are we going to talk about list building, we're going to talk about specifically how she uses list building in terms of helping her launch a product. Uh, And so there's a very purposeful way that she approaches the list building aspect of her business. And you may remember her actually from episode 137 of the Smart Passive Income podcast, uh, 140 some odd episodes ago. Well, she's been doing a lot of things. And the one thing that I know that she does very well is she offers lead magnets or incentives in many of her different podcast episodes. These are things like, downloadable checklists or quick start guides and things like that that I always want to download because they are very relevant to the content that's being published or pushed out onto the podcast. And so I ask her in this episode how she does that, how she does it so often, and how she actually automates that process so we can all do the same thing. And actually, the funny thing was immediately after I stopped recording this episode, we both sort of paused for a moment and we said, wow, that was 
an amazing conversation. And we both know this is gonna be very helpful for you. So you guys are in for a treat for sure. So I'm not gonna make you wait any longer. Here she is, one of my favorite people in the world, Amy Porterfield from amyporterfield.com and host of the Online Marketing Made Easy podcast. Let's do it. Guys, what's up? I'm so excited to welcome back Amy Porterfield from, uh, you might remember her back in episode 137. She's one of my favorite people in the world, my fellow San Diegan, Amy. What's up? Welcome back to the show. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. You know, I'm excited too, and I'm sure everybody else is too, because you're a big name in this industry, as you know, and as everybody else knows, and you always have the most amazing strategies to share. That's why people love you, and that's why I listen to your podcast uh, very religiously. Actually, a lot of people know this, that I only listen to like one or two podcasts, uh, and yours has been, as of late, the one that I listen to the most. So thank so you. So very cool. That makes me very nervous <laughs> to hear, but so very cool. No, and the, re- the reason is because you always have these amazing strategies, like I said, and I want to dive into emails and how you're collecting those emails today, because you always seem to have uh, an ear on kind of what's working and, and what's not in the space. And I know for a while, I remember it was it was mostly webinars leading into um, your email list and, and promoting them that way. But I'm just curious, like, what's working for you big time today? You know, we're changing things up a little bit and we're slowing down the funnel and starting with some more value add content even before we're inviting people to webinars. And so we've been working with a lot of content in the front end of those funnels and we've been seeing some really good results. You know, I run a lot of Facebook ads, so this is where I do all my experimentation, Mm -hmm. but it definitely has uh, been really successful in terms of list building. Okay, so content. Tell me like what kinds of content do you mean? So let me give you an example. I've got this course webinars that convert. And usually what we'll do is we'll run a Facebook ad directly to the webinar signup page. We get people on a webinar. I teach on a webinar and then I sell my program. But what we're noticing that's working even better now is if we start with the content that is free and valuable and actually is not behind a wall. So for example, I'll write a blog post or do a podcast episode around a webinar topic. And I like to start at the beginning. So I think, where's my audience right now? And a lot of people that want to do webinars don't know what they would do their webinar topic about, even if they have an online program to sell. So I did this one podcast episode about how to choose a webinar topic. And so we would run the Facebook ad to that episode. And Mm. then in that episode, in the show notes, and I'd advertise on the podcast that we have some kind of freebie that people can get like a cheat sheet or a checklist. So first they're going to just free content in front of a gate. Then they're getting a freebie PDF cheat sheet. And then eventually as I warm them up in my email list, we'll invite them to a webinar. We're seeing bigger conversions on the webinar because of that warm up nurture sequence. It almost kind of is counterintuitive to me because, you know, you're adding more steps between when you're introduced to people and when you sell. But tell me why this is working so well, do you think? I totally agree with you because probably a year, even maybe back two years ago, I'd say don't make people jump through a lot of hoops to actually get on your email list so you could sell them into whatever program. Nowadays, because it's so congested online, there's a lot of noise. And in order to stand out, you've got to have really good content and you have to add value at a higher level than ever before. What we're seeing is that giving that value right from the get-go has been incredibly valuable or helpful to us because a lot of people won't do it. They want to go right to the Mm opt-in. Another thing that we've been trying that you could actually skip, let's say the podcast episode, 
is doing an ad to a cheat sheet or a freebie, giving away some of the content in the ad. So the ad copy is a lot longer than normal, but then saying, hey, if you want the whole thing, come on over and grab this cheat sheet or this guide. And so the ad will go to an opt-in page, but it's not a webinar. We've noticed that going from an ad directly to a webinar signup page has been incredibly expensive for the leads. Things just change all the time with the Facebook algorithm. So because of that, we want to stay nimble and flexible. So that's why we're starting with different content that goes to an opt-in. So we've been trying tons of stuff. How do you determine what gets given away for free in terms of the blog content or the podcast content or even the the, the cheat sheet or the, the yep. freebie versus like, what do you keep in the course? I think this is where a lot of people struggles. Uh, They're like, oh, yes. I want to, that should be something included in the course, right? So why would I give it away for free? So funny you're asking this question because I literally just this morning, the first thing I worked on was an outline to answer the question, what should I give away for free versus what do I include in my paid program? It literally is a question <laughs> I get asked on social media every day. So I'm so glad you're asking this so question. So is that going to be a podcast episode or something? It's going to be a podcast episode, but it's not out yet. So Sweet. this is perfect timing. You guys get it first. <laughs> um, you, I'm going to mess this up. So forgive me because it's not top of mind, but we have mutual friends. Um, who did you first learn from? Like some of your very early mentors. Uh, I'm thinking of like Academy or yeah, Internet Business Mastery. Um, yes. Jeremy and, and Jason. Jeremy um, and Jason. Yes. Mm -hmm. Forgive me, guys, if they're listening to this. It just totally escaped me in that moment. But a long time ago, I was listening to something that they put out and they asked this great question in terms of what to do for free. And I've adopted it in my own business and kind of tweaked it to make it my own. And I call it the golden question. And that golden question is when you're talking about the free stuff, what to give away for free, I always say, what does your ideal customer avatar need to know, understand, be aware of, or believe? So know, understand, be aware of, or believe before they will ever open up their wallet and want to spend any money on your programs or services. So in many ways, you're starting out with where they are. So let me give you another example. Say I do a lot of stuff with my webinar course, so it's top of mind. So before anybody would want to buy my course about putting together a webinar system, they're going to first think, well, do I even have a topic? Like, what would I even do on a webinar? So that's why a lot of my free stuff is how to choose your webinar topic just to kind of get them out of the gate just a little and think this is doable. So you want that free stuff to give them just a taste so they think I can do this or give them just enough that they take a little action and think, okay, this is doable. This girl or this guy is on to something here. And they get that quick win. A lot of times people make a mistake and their freebie is so meaty and it takes so long for somebody to get through it that they never come down, come out of that rabbit hole and say, okay, now I'm ready to buy because they're still working on your free stuff. Mm -hmm. So think in terms of a quick win, but also what do they need to understand or believe in or, or really get before they're ready to buy? I like that a lot and i think the the other question that comes with that is is okay let's say and i'm guessing for your webinar course you know the freebie is related to okay how do you know what to create a webinar about right yep do you still include that information inside your course or is this like yes. do, does your course kind of pick up where they left off no so that's another thing you never want to pick up where you left off in the free stuff in your online course so for your online course you want to start from the beginning. And this is how you want to think about it. If the free stuff 
is that jumping off point or making them feel like it's doable, the quick win, your online paid course, the reason why they're paying for that is because it's a system. It's the roadmap you're putting together. So it is totally okay if some of the stuff in your course, some of the content in your course can be found by you online for free. So if you went into any one of my online courses, there are pieces of that that you will find on my podcast or blog or in a video that's totally free out there. But what you're paying for is me to teach you step by step. Start here, Mm -hmm. do that, the roadmap. So overlap is totally fine. It's something I never worry about. You know what, what's actually cool about that now that I'm thinking about it, if you were to teach that for free and somebody uh, really benefits from that, they understand the topic of their webinar, you know, then they go into the course and you cover that, they're like, oh, I already, I I already know, this. know this. Like, yeah. I'm ahead of everybody else now. Exactly. I mean, I have been teaching since 2010 and I have never received an email that said, you taught something in the course that I saw for free. Like, never. So it's something you don't even have to worry about. Okay, so let's let's riff on this, and I'm going to take a little bit of a selfish approach here to that now that I have you on the call. Um, a lot of the people listening, and you know that I have a podcasting course available at poweruppodcasting.com. So what would be a great example of a freebie related to the podcasting course? Because the podcasting course literally takes them from the very beginning. I, I, I like you with the webinar one, uh, people have questions about, well, what, what am I even going to podcast about? And I, I do cover that right at the beginning. So would that be, in a similar way, a great freebie just to help people understand what their podcast could be about? Okay. So I'm glad you asked this question because yes, you could definitely do a free tutorial. How do I come up with what I'm going to podcast about? Mm -hmm. So that's one way to go about it. Another way you can go about it is you can think about the most commonly asked questions. And I'm guessing you're going to agree, Pat, that one of the questions I get asked a lot when it comes to podcasting is, well, what does the equipment look like? What do I need? How much of an investment? And although you cover that extensively in your course, and I'm going to guess you show people how to set things up. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. Great. So you're going to leave that for the course, but a great freebie could be, okay, depending on your budget, here are some things that you want to think about. It's kind of like how to figure out what technology you'll need for your podcast based on your budget. You don't give it all away, but you have to give just enough away that people walk away feeling like they got value. And I think that's where most people screw up. They either give away way too much in the freebie or not enough that people feel like you've got their back. I love so that. you have to figure out that balance. But here's a little secret that I often say when I teach this on stage. I often say that I know I have a really good freebie that is going to attract my perfect audience when I have this little tinge inside me that says, ooh, that's so good. Are you sure you should be giving away this for free? Like I'm a little uncomfortable about how good the freebie is, then I know I've hit it right on the head. Like I got it. So if you're feeling that tinge, uh, just give it away. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Just do it. Just a little bit like, oh, this is so good. You're not giving away the farm. And remember, people are paying for the whole package. Right. And so one more thing just to reiterate that I think was really important that you mentioned earlier was the way that you determine what you offer for free, and it doesn't really matter what kind of platform you're doing that on. It could be, like you said, a blog or a podcast or a video even, Um, but just correct me if I'm wrong, the four things are uh, what do they need to know, 
um, what do they need to understand, what do they need to be aware of, or what do they need to believe in order to even just think about actually making a purchase with you. Is that correct? Exactly. Yep. Okay, good. We covered that. Now I want to get into, okay, these freebies, because I think a lot of us know that, you know, in order to get people on your email list, you need to offer some sort of incentive. And I love how you, in most of your podcast episodes, at least, you, you don't do this in all of them, but a lot of them. And it's kind of... I don't, I don't know how you do it uh, this way, which is why I wanted to bring you on, but you offer these amazing content upgrades, like you said, these cheat sheets and checklists and, and other freebies that are downloadable in exchange for an email address. And, um, we, you know, we've talked about this extensively when we've had uh, Clay Collins on the show before in episode 78. We talked about these things, but the way that you do it, just, I don't know how you do it. Like how, I want to walk through your brain and understand, okay, when you, like, let, let's actually figure out like how you, create a podcast episode and tie in a lead magnet and, and what, what all that is. Like, what's your approach when you create content? Because this is something I've been doing recently. It's not just creating content to create content, but creating content with a purpose. And so do you th- consider when you write content or when you create a podcast episode, like the courses that that, that thing is eventually going to lead into and the launches? Like, I, I need to understand how this all works. So I do, but not at a level that you would think was completely organized and really solid. So for the record, I'm always thinking about how can I create this content and how could it tie back to my three areas, list building, course creation, or webinars. It doesn't always tie back, but if it does, I'll pay closer attention to what that freebie is and where it might lead you down the road. But okay. let us let me give you an example. So recently, I did an episode about my new website makeover. We totally redid my website, long overdue, and it was a really messy experience due to my lack of leadership. Like, I really screwed up this whole process. (laughs) So I did this podcast episode where I walked people through, like, where I messed up and how they can sidestep all these mess ups. So I did that podcast episode And then I thought, okay, so typically I outline my podcast first. And as I'm outlining, I start to think about what could be a really good freebie here. So I don't have it usually figured out until I'm deep into the outline, which takes me a good hour. So I'm a prepper. Mm -hmm. So I'll spend an hour on the outline and I'll think, okay, where could a freebie fit in here? Now, a few things come up. One, I think, well, do I really need a freebie because I'm never going to teach website creation or design or branding or anything like that. So that freebie is not going to lead into one of my programs. But that typically is not the deciding factor for me. I'm just looking for a great value. The other thing I don't want to do is I don't want to think, okay, how can I create a freebie that just regurgitates everything that I just taught them? I don't think that's a really great freebie. I've done it in certain situations because if my podcast episode is really meaty, which you tend to do really meaty podcast episodes as well, people are on the subway, working out at the gym or whatever, and they're not taking notes. And sometimes the show note transcript is just too much. And so if I could do a really good cheat sheet, here's the 10 things I just covered and a little extra to remind you. So when you go and actually implement, you have this, then by all means, I can do some kind of regurgitation in a quick cheat sheet. But what I like to do is go a little bit deeper with the freebie. So for example, I did this podcast episode all about how I reworked my website, why I made the decisions I made and the mistakes I made along the way. But the freebie were these 10 things to look out for when you're redoing your website. I didn't really get into all of that in the podcast episode because it was more like the whole process was messy and I wanted to clean it up for my audience. Mm -hmm. But I knew if they're going to find this valuable, they're going to need some guidance to create their podcast. I mean, their website as well. 
So I took it a little bit further for them. And that's some of the great freebies that you can do. How can you dive just a little bit deeper? I like that. So you're offering even more value for the listener. This is a, a, a content upgrade, as we call it, in the space. And so when people get into your list, uh, what is your hope uh, with that particular piece that you're offering them? So with that piece, it's just I hope that I knock their socks off and help them. So when they're thinking who's really helpful online, they mm-hmm. think of me because, again, I'm never going to teach website creation. So it's not necessarily to put them into a funnel. Now, let's, you want me to talk about a little bit when it is more specific? Yes, please. Okay. So let's say I did, I did this not too long ago. I did a podcast episode about how to price your online course. And this is a great one to talk about because I have an entire training inside of my courses that convert program all about how to choose pricing for your course. So that's in my course that you pay for. However, this is one of the number one questions I get asked a lot. And people feel that they're stuck because they don't know what to charge for it, even though this is not an area I think they should be worried about just yet. In my opinion, if you don't have a course yet, it's too early to worry about it, but it's human nature to think Mm -hmm. like that. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do a podcast episode about this. And so with that, because it was so extensive at the time, what I did, and I think it still does this now, the freebie actually was an invite to my webinar. And now the freebie is an invite to my automated webinar because it was so good that it made sense to dive right into the next step, which is the webinar. And the webinar, of course, then sells my program. So when I know it's going to go right into a funnel to sell my program, I likely spend more time on that freebie to make it extra good. I see. How do you promote it from the podcast specifically? So how do I promote the freebie? Yes. Oh, great question. So the number one thing is, like I said, you have to make sure you know what that freebie is before you record your podcast episode, because then it's really easy to tease it throughout. Mm. So first of all, I mention it in the intro and I tell people two ways to get it. They can either go to a standalone URL that has the opt-in page or they can go to my show notes and I typically have a an image in there for the freebie in the show notes. So there's two ways to get to it, but I always just send them directly to the opt-in page. I want them to get it as fast as possible. So that's one thing. On the podcast, I do not send them to the show notes to go find it. Okay, so that's one. And I say it in the intro. I tease it throughout maybe once or twice if it's not too aggressive. I tease and I say, hey, if you want to know more about this or if you want to dive deeper, remember I've got that freebie. And then I always give the URL one more time in the outro. And that's why a lot of the times this works best when I'm not advertising for somebody else. You know, I do sponsorship on my podcast, Mm -hmm. but once in a while, I don't always do sponsorship, but let's say I did a lot more. I'm thinking about doing some more sponsorship on my podcast. I'd probably refrain from a podcast episode and instead really push the freebie if it directly tied to getting into a funnel to buying my product. Oh, you'd refrain from including a sponsor in that that, that particular episode? Yeah, I think I like giving them as few actions as possible if it's a really big tie to a paid program of mine. What are some, But I look at sponsorship different than most people, so you might not agree with that one, and that's cool. No, I mean, I actually, I, th- I don't know if people have noticed this already, but I have pulled away from the sponsorships on SPI, um, specifically because I have now these courses coming out, and I, th- I think it makes complete sense. Like, you want to keep people in your ecosystem. If you have something to offer them, why are you uh, kind of shipping people off elsewhere, right? Right, exactly. What are some other types of freebies? I think a lot of people might be scared about what you're talking about because they're like, oh, this this sounds a little bit too difficult, right? Um, I right, think right. You know, a lot of people 
just aren't going to do it, I think. Can you help convince them that it's not as hard as it might seem? You're so good at interviewing, Pat. I am not as good at interviewing as you, and you ask such great questions. Well, I've done uh, 200 and some odd of these. And Seriously, so. and you you pace really well. Just so you guys know, he didn't send me questions in advance, which I do way better with questions in advance. So <laughs> Sorry. this pacing is kind of blowing my mind. So, We're no, just having a like, conversation. Yeah, you know? and I feel like I'm doing good because you're asking questions that make perfect sense to what I've been thinking. So you're I love it. You're doing great. Anyway. You're doing great. Hey, thanks. So how do okay. we make this easy for everybody? Yes, that's such a great question. So how you make it easy is one, you have a template for your freebies, your checklist, your blueprints, your guides, mm. whatever you're going to give away. So if you were to download, let's say the last 10 that I've done, because I just did this website upgrade, they would all look identical in terms of formatting, branding, layout, all that good stuff. So that's one thing. A lot of people get stuck in making it look good. So right away, I've got a template. It always looks the same. That's number one. Number two Think in terms of quick wins for your audience. They don't need to be really elaborate. So if you want to start something like this, but you're like, holy cow, this is a lot of work. Start with the easy strategy of you just went over a bunch of stuff. Now you're putting it into a cheat sheet that they have it in just a one pager. That's different than a transcript and so much more valuable. So just start with that step. I said, I don't like to regurgitate a lot, but it's a great way to ease you into this. Once you get a few of those under your belt, you're going to start to think, oh, what would be really cool is instead of just a cheat sheet of everything I covered, how about a checklist of the five things they need to do right away to make this actionable? Or a really good one is here's five questions to ask yourself before you dive into the strategy I just taught you. So it could just be five quick questions and you give them a space to actually type in mm. or write. So cheat sheets and checklists are a really nice, easy way to ease yourself into this. What tools are you using to create these templates? Ooh. Yes. Okay. So let's talk tools. You and I both love, love, love lead pages and lead pages has allowed me to do this in a really easy way. So like I said, the PDF is actually just a template that my designer created and then my team knows how to then get in there and put the content. Do you know so what tool they're using for creating the, that giveaway? I think it's, it's InDesign. InDesign. So not super simple. So we've had to kind of figure it out in, sure. internally. You could but probably do it on on even Word and just have a could. template in Word and You're uh, right. replace you can the make text that and stuff, right? Way easier. So let's just not say it's InDesign because <laughs> I don't want anybody to go try to do that. So put the template, you're right, in like a Word document and then you can put your stuff in there. Let's let's start out simple, which I'm sure we did years ago. Right, so, right. Okay. So that's one thing. And then a few things with lead pages that I think are important for you to understand. Number one is we use a lead box on the show notes. So if you are on my show notes and you see the box that I'm promising the freebie, and I, I purposely in the podcast episode say the title of that freebie so that when you come to my show notes, you see the title again. So it rings a bell. So on my show notes, you see the box, you click a lead box pops up, put your name and email in, you're off to the races. So that's one way I use lead pages. And a lead box for everybody listening is sort of just a pop-up that comes up yes. as a result of an action that somebody takes, not just kind of a one of those timed ones, which we're all annoyed about. This is like a proven thing that uh, actually converts much better than just having a form on a page. So I like that you're using a lead box because you're going to get more emails that way. And it's like, like you said, it's a small, quick, uh, yes, I want this. And then they have no choice but to either leave their email or exit out. So they're going to be more likely to finish that. So again, yes. that's, that's through lead pages. Um, Okay, so I go to your site, I see that, uh, I can opt in that way, good. Yes, and that's that's the coolest feature, I think, is the whole lead box, so I'm glad you explained that. 
The second thing is remember on my podcast to make it super easy for them, I send them directly to a URL. So let me give you an example. This one will not work. So we're just going to make it up. Oh, it's not your show notes URL. I'm not on the podcast. You're giving them literally the download URL. I am. Now at the end, I always say all the links I talked about are in the show notes and I do give a link to the show notes at the end, but in the intro and in the middle, I send them directly to the opt-in page. So I'll say something like amyporterfield.com forward slash 200 download. So if it was episode 200, I'd say 200 download. So that's where they go. Or again, with lead pages, I use lead digits and I'll say, or you can text the phrase 200 download to the number 33444. Again, that doesn't work. This is an example. But so I tell them to go directly to the URL or text to get it. Right. And that's through lead digits. Again, through lead pages, we can all kind of see how much we love lead pages and why at this point. Exactly. Um, uh, and full disclosure for people who might be listening to this for the first time, I am indeed uh, actually uh, an advisor for the company. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, a huge proponent of, of the tool. Um, are the are the lead digits actually converting for you? Because I know you can get uh, data behind that, like do people actually text in for that too? Yes, but not nearly as much as they just go to their browser and type it in. Okay. So, so you don't need, need, need that. You do not. It's just a little extra thing I do. But if I was just starting out, I would take that out of the equation. Okay, so I'm listening to your podcast. I go to that URL and I go to an opt-in page. Um, that opt-in page is something oh, people have to produce. Like how do you do this and so, just make it manageable? What I do is I have one opt-in page through lead pages that I created and I clone it every single time. So it looks the same every time, no matter what freebie you're going to get from me from here on out, it's the same opt-in page. It looks the same, but there's a different title in it. So the title of whatever freebie I'm promising you, Mm -hmm. that's the only difference. So that's one thing that allows me to do a lot with my podcast in terms of these freebies because I'm using templates that I use over and over again. One thing I learned early on is you don't need to reinvent the wheel. And so it's a lead page template. You can choose whatever template you think works best. And then I clone it. And then of course I have a thank you page that is exactly the same every time after you opt into one of my freebies. Is it so the same thank you page? It. Um, let me think for a second. It is not because we put pixels on these. Oh, okay. So those are Facebook pixels for tracking. Yeah. Purposes. So we want to know what people signed up for and if they actually signed up. So it's different, but it's cloned. How easy is, is it to clone a page? Within one second. I love yes. lead pages. <laughs> I know. I know. I love that. <laughs> not official sponsors of this episode, but uh, <laughs> check out lead pages. Um, anyway, I'll drop in a link in the resource section later on. Okay. So I subscribe. I um, go to the thank you page. What, what is the thank you page tell me. So my thank you page is really simple. And I think you could get more elaborate, more strategic with it. But basically it says, hey, thanks for signing up for the freebie. Go check your email. I send it to you right away. Something Uh like that. So it's really, really simple. And then once people hit that thank you page, they go into their email and we have a really short email that says something like the subject line is, here's the freebie we promised you. Once in a while, we might change the subject line to be more specific. Like here's the pre-launch cheat sheet we promised you or whatever. Uh And then we might say one or two lines about why it's valuable. Here's the link. Boom. Done. Love it. And then in terms of the way that you're delivering that freebie, is that, let me guess, also through lead pages? 
Actually, it is not. I'm glad you asked this. Oh. So we upload to Amazon S3. Okay. So we upload our PDF to Amazon S3. And then in the email, it says like, click here to download. They click and a new web uh, web browser opens up and there it is and they can save it on their desktop. I'm curious too why you do it that way because I know Lead Pages has the ability to, up. you can, up, you can upload the um, lead magnet to lead pages and have them deliver is so that you can have more control over kind of what's going on or talk to me about how that works. So if I uploaded it to, this is what I love. I'm totally deep in this. And then I learn new stuff all the time. I had known lead pages did that, but how does that work? Do they send an email? They send an email automatically. Yeah. So I guess it's just because I always like the emails to become come out of Infusionsoft from me, there you go. which okay. if Lead Pages is listening to this, they might be like, well, there's a way to do that. But uh, that's really why I do it. I haven't looked into the Lead Pages way any closer, but I like it coming from Infusionsoft um, directly from me. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, I can also do it through uh, ConvertKit. Um, so, I mean, you have a lot of options, but I, I think what matters is you're just, you're getting that lead magnet into a person's hand immediately. And so, okay, I, I get that lead magnet. I, I might print it out or, or whatever and use it. Um, what's the follow-up sequence like from there? Okay, so let's talk about this. One of the things that I think is very stressful when you're growing your email list is a question that comes up is, okay, so what do I do once they're on my email list? Yeah. And this one is, You've got some options, like you said, but one of the things we do to keep it pretty simple is once you sign up for one of my freebies, you now are in a funnel of general emails that every single week I email for my podcast. And so every week you're going to start to get an email from me that says, hey, I've got a new podcast episode. Here's what it's about. Here's what the freebie is. And then from there, you can decide if you want to go listen to more podcast episodes. However, there's another level to that. And let's say you signed up for one of my freebies that is related to either list building, course creation, or webinars. Mm -hmm. Once you're in my funnel for a few weeks, you will be pulled out of that general Thursday email list and put into a specific funnel where you're going to just be getting emails for a little while around one of those three topics I just mentioned because you already got a freebie to say, hey, I'm interested in this topic. So you eventually will be put into one of my three funnels that includes just free content, maybe a podcast episode that's specific to one of those topics, and then in a few invites to my webinar. Got it. And then how do you, on top of that, utilize Facebook and the pixels and the tracking that you've done? So when somebody comes to, let's say, a podcast episode freebie mm -hmm. that has to do with course creation, we know that. And so when we start to promote for my courses that convert program, we will speak to those people in a very specific way. Hey, we know you got such and such freebie. Try check out this or try this new strategy. So we get to talk to those people differently because we know what they signed up for. Got it. And so you're also you're kind of messaging them in multiple ways, right? During a promotion via email and yes. on Facebook at the same time, right? Because you kind of never right. know what people are going to see and not see. It's true. And because we're talking to some people that might be new to all this or they're just getting into it, my suggestion is baby steps, meaning take it a little at a time. You don't need to be doing all this stuff I'm doing, meaning retargeting my ads and putting people in special funnels, taking them out of these funnels. All of that is complicated. And even for a girl that's been doing it for a long time, it can feel overwhelming for, 
for a bit until you start to really get it. Mm -hmm. So just kind of ease into some of this stuff. But what's important is you know what's possible so that you can keep stacking your strategies as you get better and better at it. I love it. What's been your most popular freebie? Ooh, my most popular freebie. I think anything related to list building. I did a two-part list builder where one, I talked about the mindset around list building and second, a bunch of examples around what you can uh, use to build your email list. Mm -hmm. And those two were the most popular. I think anything though, and this can be valuable for anybody listening, anytime I do a freebie where I'm showing a bunch of images and examples of what's working, whether in my business or those of my students, people eat that up. They love the imagery. They love when you link to examples and videos or whatever. So those typically are my most coveted ones. I love that. Or you one more, if I give... Um, if I give an example of something I'm using in my business, like a job description for a project manager, if I give like my own stuff in a freebie, those tend to be the most popular as well. Oh, that's good. I just saw you. That was last week's episode, at least at the time of this recording, yep. right, where you had Chloe on or yep. you talked about how you how you found her. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. I love how you just bring us into your business. I think a lot of people struggle uh, with that. Can you speak on, you know, opening up the doors a little bit and kind of sharing behind the scenes and did you struggle with that at first? I mean, uh, you had mentioned you yes. just f flubbed this uh, you, th this <laughs> website redesign and now you're sharing all of it. I mean, why do you do that? It never has come easy to me. I come from a corporate world where you want to look professional and put your best self forward. And, and I'm not a perfectionist by any means. However, I always want to look good online. I mean, I'm just going to admit it. Not physically look good, although that's always nice, but I want to put my best foot forward. Mm -hmm. And then I started to follow other people. I mean, Pat's a great example. Um, a lot of our friends, Pat, do this where they're in completely real online. And one day, it wasn't too long ago, maybe a year or two ago, I asked myself, why do I gravitate toward the people I gravitate toward in, in, in the sense of I watch all their videos, I listen to their podcasts, now I watch their Insta stories, like who are these people? And there was a very common theme throughout. They were all incredibly real and they would share their mistakes, their missteps, their fears. And so I thought, okay, I really want to be real to my audience. And so I started to do that more and more. It still never feels totally good. Before I did the episode where I um, talked about how I really screwed up my website uh, creation, mm -hmm. I actually asked um, someone on my team, like, are you sure we want to talk about this? Is this going to make people feel, this is my biggest fear. And now I'm telling you the real, real stuff. <laughs> I never want people to think like, this girl is a hot mess. She doesn't have her act together. Like, why am I following her if she's making all these mistakes? That's my mind sometimes. But then I realized, wait a second, when Pat shares something that he really screwed up on, all of a sudden I just love him more because I know the success he has. And I think my audience knows that I'm legit and I really am successful in this business. But if I don't share that stuff, it's a big fat lie about this isn't easy. Right. And so I just want to be more real. Here's here's a tough question I'm about to ask you. And that Ugh. is, I'm sorry, Amy. Um, that is, is it still good to do that and share those mistakes when you're just starting out? Because you and I, you know, we've been doing this for a while. We 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 have been successful. And I, and I feel like people love seeing the failures of successful people. But would people still gravitate toward you know, those, the honest, authentic people who are sharing their failures if they're just getting started out and they're trying to build a name for themselves? Okay, this is a great question. I've never even thought of this or been asked this, but I will say my gut basically just told me that 
you can share the real stuff and the missteps along the way, but you have to have results to back up how you overcame that stuff. I'm not a big fan of people sharing as they're learning without a lot of results behind them. You've got to have something solid to say, I overcame this. I don't believe you should be sharing all these big mistakes and challenges if you don't have a good story of how you overcame it. Because now you're just on the same playing field of those that you want to spend money with you. Oh, I just got goosebumps. That was was a good answer. That was a good answer. Yeah. Yeah. Man, you never you never <laughs> fail me, Amy. Um, that, that was great. Thank you for that. Uh, okay. The last thing I want to share with everybody and kind of opening up the doors is something that Amy and I are both doing now, and we have a little bit of a friendly competition going on to see who could oh, sort of bring it on. <laughs> so you could uh, master this kind of new platform, if you will, uh, better. And of course, it's all friendly, and we've agreed to meet more regularly to share tips and stuff with, with each other. But we also know that we're somewhat competitive, and uh, that always fuels us. But we always have fun with it too and that is the world of live video and it's so funny because we're using the same company to build both of our studios so we can do this more regularly uh, and David and Luria from livestreamingpros.com have been incredibly helpful for both of us and it's funny because that you know like Amy's texting me and is like hey look how far we've gotten and I'm like no look how far look what we're <laughs> I gotta, doing wait I just got to mention that we are so competitive Pat and I that I had David and Luria lie and say, tell him that we're doing all of my stuff first before they do <laughs> your video studio. Like I was ready to just play it on thick, but that's not really happening. No, I mean, it's they're, they're literally putting them together at the same time for I us. I cannot wait. I'm so excited about this. And I'd love to know, for, uh, I'd love for you to share with everybody why you're investing a little bit into creating, you know, a studio to start doing things live and, you know, obviously a little bit more regularly. So I know that video, especially live video, is where it's at right now. And I don't see that changing anytime soon. And this is coming from a girl that does not necessarily love live video. But I also love connecting with my audience. I love the business I've created and I want to keep it moving forward. So I know that's where I need to be. But I want to share really quickly I didn't decide to do this video studio and Pat and I will both tell you it's very, very expensive. It's a huge investment. And so I didn't decide to do it until I started to show up live on video for a good year consistently. So where I do my live videos inside of my private paid Facebook groups. So every week I do about three hours of live video Q&A. And I haven't been consistent on my Facebook page yet. And I thought that's where I really need to be spending time. But mm-hmm. what really frustrated me was the right technology, the lighting, is the camera angle Set all right? Up, yeah. And it was never a thing that I could just sit down and do live video. And for a girl, hair and makeup, you don't even know how lucky you are, Pat. You don't <laughs> even know how lucky you are. So because of all this, I thought if I'm going to show up on my Facebook page every single week, I've got to find a solution to make this more plug and play. But what I think is great is I didn't just say, you know, I've never done live video very consistently, but I'm just going to spend all this money and create a studio. I kind of proved to myself I could do it for a year with not so great lighting and bad background and all that. And then I thought, okay, let's let's go pro now. It's time to go pro. Yeah, I love that. I sort of did the same thing. I didn't spend a whole year doing live video. Actually, I was very scared of it and intimidated by it uh, as well. But I started doing Ask Pat Live on Fridays at 1.30 on my Facebook page. And I just really enjoy the engagement there. And I picked up a great strategy from you to go live on my in my Facebook groups too. So I have the Facebook community at smartpassiveincome.com slash community with 30,000 members. I'll be going live for them more often now too. And of course, so cool. I have these... Uh, 
Facebook groups for the courses that I've come out with too. And that's where I'll be holding office hours now. And that's uh, actually a lot easier to manage. And, you know, it's a lot easier for people to go back and look at the archive of, of, of all the live uh, streams. Yep. And they're there on Facebook already instead of having to download some other software. So it just makes complete sense. And it's why I wanted to invest money in it. And I knew that if I invested some money in it, it would also force me to do it. Uh, and I and I agree with you. It's not going anywhere. And I want to, you know, I want to I want to do better than you. <laughs> you better watch out, buddy. Actually, though, I'm really surprised for you to say that going live made you nervous. I feel like you are such a ham and you love, you know, that interaction in that live that I didn't think that made you nervous at all. Well, when it when, when I'm on stage and, you know, I've been there for like a minute, I'm fine. Like I'm in my element. It's just the whole getting started and the nervousness leading up to it. Like I love the interaction, but just mustering up the courage to actually do it all the time and do it consistently that's that's what the challenge was for me i hear yeah i'm always scared that the technology is going to fail me which it still could you know even with our new setup if facebook live is not behaving that certain day it could screw us up i had to get past those jitters of yeah you might lose your entire feed and you got to jump back on and i hate not looking like i've got it together so i had to get past that Hey, but you know what? If you make the mistakes, uh, it could be another podcast episode you could do. <laughs> Believe me, everything is a podcast episode now. <laughs> Amy, I'm so thankful that you came on today. This was actually a very amazing discussion. I think a lot of people are going to pull a lot of things away from it, although I'm not surprised uh, because every time I speak to you, I learn so much. And so um, with the live streams that you're doing, with your current course uh, selection and everything you got going on, where would you recommend people go right now to, to get more stuff from you? Well, thank you so much for asking. I'm at amyporterfield.com and that's a good place to start for a lot of freebies. Awesome. Thank you, Amy. We appreciate you. Love you. And uh, looking forward to, uh, to talking to you again soon. Thanks again, Pat. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Amy Porterfield from amyporterfield.com. Man, just such an amazing episode. Amy, thank you. I know you listen to the show every once in a while. And if you're listening right now, thank you so, so much for all the amazing information. It's been already helpful to me, and I know it's going to be really helpful to everybody else listening as well. So if you'd like to check out the links and the resources that Amy and I uh, talked about in this particular episode, all you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash session 278. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash session 278. Cheers. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. I look forward to uh, serving you in next week's episode. Until then, take care. All the best. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI. And today, I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point. So I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray. And in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. 
So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it.